We are live, live, emergency instant reaction to a lot of things. But uh, happy Sunday, Austin. Seems like there's been some good news. It's been a very nice weekend for Florida State. It's been the best weekend for Florida State in a long time. <laughs> Years. This has been one of the, uh, the best weekends by far. Most certainly, 2020 might be treating Florida State in the right direction. Heading before 2021, Florida State lands star quarterback out of UCF, out of Orlando, Hawaiian native, Mackenzie Milton, former national champion quarterback star, um, is officially heading to Tallahassee, makes it official the day after Florida State beats Duke at home. And this is something that has been in the works for a little time now. If you guys have been in our Discord, you guys would have known about this for a little bit. Shout out to JJ Garrett for first being the first one to really predict this on happening over there at 247. But man, Florida State lands a star, talented quarterback. And there could be some discussion that this might be one of the ta most talented quarterbacks Florida State has had since maybe around the DeAndre Francois. Um, Malik Henry. I'm not going to go the full route of Jameis Winston, but a talented guy, smart guy in that range. Very, very talented player. The big thing, we've got to make sure he's healthy. At, at the absolute worst, Florida State's getting an amazing locker room guy, which they need. This is a guy who's been nothing but respectful for UCF in every interview since he announced he was transferring. But if he's healthy, he's a very dynamic quarterback. He was very good in two systems. I mean, there's no downside for Florida State. No. Yeah. And obviously there's positives and maybe some negatives where you look at it. I think overall, though, Florida State is in the – is they find an answer. If you look back at what Norvell has done during this offseason and even during this year, if we look back to the most recent situation, you lose Luke Altmeyer and you try to look for an answer of next season and you bring in – uh, Mackenzie Milton, who possibly, if we'll talk about the article here in a second, but is potentially going to be your starter next season. How does that shake up the quarterback room? That's another discussion too. But overall, positives-wise, man, you bring in a guy that knows how to throw the football, is a threat back there at doing so, can move around the pocket, um, great locker room addition, you're bringing in just a winning quarterback and something that Florida State, I think, overall really uh, needs. There's not a lot of guys on this team overall, definitely not quarterbacks, that don't, that like are not on this winning stage that Milton's on. And I think that just overall, the atmosphere that he brings himself is going to be a game changer in the locker room. Yeah, exactly. That winning culture is something this locker room hasn't seen since like the mid-2010s, like the 2015 era. So get, get a guy in that's had a ton of success when he's at quarterback that can bring the right attitude. I think his impact's not going to just be this year, but it's going to spread to the rest of the guys and spread throughout the roster for the next few years. Um, like you said, just huge addition. Hopefully Florida State can get a couple more linemen, whether it be grad transfers or JUCOs or whatever, that can help keep him upright. Because that was one thing he mentioned. He wanted to go to a program that had a good offensive line and Granted, we're not there yet, but at the very least, Darius Washington had a pretty good game yesterday. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's go to the article here. Mackenzie Milton talked with Andrea Adelson from ESPN.com. 
says it's a great opportunity to play at the biggest level at one of the most historic teams in college football. You see Florida State, the garnet and gold, it speaks for itself. The notoriety for people that have come through there, Deion Sanders, Charlie Ward, Jameis Winston, it speaks for itself. I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity. It's something I don't take for granted, especially what I've been through the past two years. It's a very special opportunity, and I feel like we can get the thing turned around in the, year, in the near future. Um, and we'll continue to go through this article as we talk about it. But, you know, Austin has noted on it before in our podcast, and just a little bit ago, you got to worry about the health, too. Um, he just most recently, just a few weeks ago, was cleared to play um, in a game. He didn't end up playing because the UCF-USF game was closer than expected. There were some rumblings that we might be able to actually see Milton out there. It didn't end up happening. But he just most recently was cleared to play um, in a game. And so the health reasons is most certainly a concern and something to keep an eye on. But we were hearing some rumors, too that he was having some great practices and great scrimmages and he was lighting it up. Of course, that's practice talk. It's not game talk and all that, but it's just a good sign that you want to hear on, on Florida state side that he, he's been looking good. Um, it's not like it's been silent or he's still working on a few things. It's been two years now since his brutal uh, injury against USF scary injury he's came back a great storyline and I think it's just interesting to see Norvell have uh, plan a b c d e and that's something I think is what I am so impressed by so far with Norvell is that he's able to find a quick answer and that's something I think the Florida State uh, program and coaching staff has lacked for a good while now having quick answers and Mike Norvell is a competitor and he gets his quarterback, gets a quarterback that, you know, is bringing a ton of talent into Tallahassee quickly. Even going back to last year after he came in and replaced Taggart, you know, we had gone a couple of off seasons without getting any quarterbacks and Norvell gets here, immediately gets two with Rodemaker and Chubba. Then this year, he had Altmaier committed for most of the year. He decommits Florida State moves quickly on Milton. You get him committed. And I think they're still going to land, well, hopefully they'll still land a true freshman that they can develop, um, which I think would be huge and just adds more depth to this quarterback room, which I think they need. Um, but yeah, like you said, just being able to move quickly, identify what they need and go out and get a player that should hopefully have a big impact this season. Yeah, not only even whenever Luke Altmaier uh, decommitted from Florida State and flips over to Ole Miss practically, uh, you look back to during the offseason and Florida State was really struggling in the running back department you lose Anthony Grant you lose Kane LeBourne so what are you going to do what's the situation there you're really thin but uh, as the season begins you bring in a Juco very talented LaDamian Webb who hopefully Florida State can keep here in Tallahassee and you also look at Ja'Shawn Corbin you know Norvell is able to go back and really have some plans if they're not plans he's just able to do it quickly but he's able to kind of look ahead and plan ahead, which is something I think Florida State fans are happy to have on their side. And um, I want to go back a little bit more into this interview that was with ESPN.com. He says, it's something that really excites me. And I know they've got great players. I'm out Florida State, the situation they're in now. They're trying to figure out how to win and how 
and they have a good win and they had a good win against Duke on Saturday, but I feel like I can bring some experience to some of these young cats and be a good teammate and hopefully get the ball rolling there. I also said, I'm going to have to go in and earn it, but it's not something where they said you're going to be the guy and that's not something I want. Mon said, I want to go earn it. I want to earn the respect of the guys and I just want to be a good teammate to the other quarterbacks like I was at UCF. At the end of the day, the best guy needs to play, whether it's me or one of the other guys. So it's my job to go out there and earn it every day, and hopefully I can do that, uh, which is a solid mentality to have whenever you're definitely competing for a quarterback job and you're just coming in for a season. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid quotes there from the veteran guy. It's, it's the correct way to go about it. And you have to remember, you know, Milton was playing against Norvell pretty much every year in the American Conference. So he's seen on the opposite sideline what guys like Brady White can do. And I think Milton's a more talented quarterback than Brady White. You put him in this system, you think – and, you know, on paper, it should line up well for everyone. Um, but he's got the right mentality. He's not expecting to start, and he shouldn't. Um, if he wins over this locker room, which he's definitely got the personality to do. So, you know, there's, there's a few pieces in place where he can have some real success. Highest graded quarterback in 2017, number one, Baker Mayfield with 94.6. Number two, Will Greer, 91.1. Number three, Mackenzie Milton, UCF, 90.7. And like we were talking about earlier, a guy that is talented, great locker room guy, but just up here, up here, smart, smart quarterback. And I think that's the biggest advantage for Milton when he gets into this competing for the starting job. He just already has – the experience, but he's just talented at throwing and he's got uh, a great, uh, he's got a nice brain in there. Um, never thought I'd actually say that, like just say someone has a nice when's brain. The, when's, the take... when's the last time we said we had a smart quarterback? It's been a long time. <laughs> I know. I'm not, I'm not here to name any names, but you guys could kind of think on your own. But having a guy that is just smart, man, uh, and to run your offense, lead the team. And if I'm thinking smarts and the guy that can make plays out of nothing, you look back and we're not comparing whatsoever to Jameis, but if you're kind of leaning towards that area, it's got to be Jameis, a guy that football smart can make plays out of nothing. That's just Mackenzie Melton. You, I know you guys are going to go look at highlights for the rest of the day, but that's just the case. Another conversation that we're seeing in the discord now is who who could come now to Florida State? How does this affect recruiting? It's funny how about just moments after McKenzie Milton announces that he's going to Florida State, Auburn fires Gus Malzahn. Uh, where was uh, Kenny – where was uh, Dillingham at? The old Dilly. Uh, yeah, where, where, where was – Just up the road. Just up yeah, the road in Auburn last, year, last where, season. Yeah, where was Dillingham uh, at? I wonder how that might affect a few transfers, maybe recruiting – Huh. I wonder how that's going to do there, at least the Auburn side. But if you're looking nationally too, you want to come block for a former national champion quarterback. I mean, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, I mean, come on now, <laughs> now, now that, uh, <laughs> now that he's uh, Milton's heading to Florida state, I think a lot of fans are going to be like, yeah, a little national champion that quarterback. Meanwhile, two years ago, three years yeah. ago, they were like, uh, screw UCF. <laughs> I mean, the, the, his record speaks for itself. Even if you, don't want to validate the national championship. The, his record as a starting quarterback speaks for itself. 
Mm-hmm. He went out and won game after game and just led that team, gave him energy, gave him good play. I mean, that's, that's really all you can ask for for a quarterback. Yeah, no, exactly. Last little bit here from the article says, I know it's not going to be an overnight thing, but I don't think they're far off as a program, Milton said. Coach Norvell has got it headed in the right direction, and I think I bring some experience on how to win and what it takes and that work ethic. I'm not going in there expecting to be this or that. I just want to be the best teammate possible and whatever knowledge I can instill in those young guys, I'm all in. That sounds pretty good to me, Austin. I don't know about you. Sounds great. And I, I don't think you mentioned it, but I think he said he's getting to campus like January 5th, which, I mean, that's yeah. a ton of time for him to get ready. I know he's back in Hawaii training right now. Then he gets to campus. He's ready to get things rolling for spring. And we've seen how great the offseason has been, definitely under Coach Storm's well-respected guy. So taking care of him and whatever it needs to be uh, with still – well, I mean, uh, we'll be interested to hear. But he's practically – has finished his recovery. Now it's just time to build that strength up, get to work. And like you said, Austin, being there in January is huge for getting in chemistry going with those young cats at wide receiver, uh, your running backs, and just building team chemistry bringing that leadership, bringing that winning culture is something Florida State most desperately needs. And you're starting to see a flip in the program, and, I'm, and it's happening quickly. It's not taking – I mean, it's, Florida State's not going to be fighting for a national champion next year, uh, maybe not even the year after that. But it's not going to take another year or two years to figure out – like figure this all out. And it seems like Mike Norvell, like we said, plans ahead and – really wants to turn this program inside and out starting in the locker room. And you're seeing guys gone from the program that might've been dragging this team down, pulling them down from where they need to go. And this addition overall is, is a big one for Florida state. So um, big get for Florida state and Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham heading into the off season. And It'll be a fun. It's going to be a very, very fun next couple of months. It's going to be a very fun offseason for Florida State, I think. No, I agree. And the biggest part about becoming a winning team is preparing like a winning team. So getting a guy that's won, like Mackenzie Milton, it's just going to – I think it's going to take those extra steps in the preparation day in and day out. You know, you always talk about the climb and getting 1% better every day. Milton's going to be able to help do that just from a leadership standpoint, maybe not from a play standpoint if he's not healthy but at the very least a leadership standpoint. Later in the week, we'll most certainly be discussing this more about McKenzie Milton to Florida State, new quarterback heading into Tallahassee in January. We'll keep you guys updated on anything else we're hearing. Make sure you guys are in the Discord. If you were in the Discord, you guys would have practically known about this a week ago. So make sure you guys are in there. Join that if you haven't. Uh, let's jump into some more instant, practically instant reactions here. Florida State takes down rival Florida at home, 83-71. to 71. Florida State is starting the season at three and over with wins over North Florida, Indiana, and the Gators. First off, I want to start off with saying from all of us, it's been a, a lot of good things for Florida State this weekend, most certainly, obviously. But um, first off, we want to give our thoughts and prayers to the entire family uh the johnson family obviously prayers to keontae johnson himself uh, 
his family, his teammates, his coaches, everybody in that Florida program, the whole school. Uh, he collapsed during the game, early in the game yesterday. Very scary incident. Dustin was there covering it, said it was just terrible feeling inside that whole uh, arena in the tuck. You could hear a pin drop. It was awful. Uh, right now he's at TMH. Uh, he's uh, in stable condition, uh, but in critical care and it just was tough. I mean, even Florida State wins that game. It just, it just felt different. You know, it's still the Gators, but Austin, it just felt awful. Yeah, especially a double-digit point win against Florida. You know, usually you're going out and talking, but it's just, it, it didn't feel right to talk about the game, given what happened to Keontae. If you've seen the video, I do not recommend looking up. It's tough. He's just walking. You see him get a little lightheaded and then just completely face plants. It's an unreal scene. Um, we will not be sharing it here on any platform. I've deleted it a couple times from our Discord server because it's just not something that needs to be seen. I respect for him. Um, seeing the reactions from his teammates, and not only his teammates, but from Florida State as well. You know, there's a few guys in, Fl in Florida State that were in tears as well. And Hamilton talked about after the game that a few of them hit their knees in prayer just in that huddle right there. Um, Hamilton gave Florida the chance a few times to say, hey, we don't have to play this game if you don't want to in that moment. Um, Florida voted on it and said, let's keep playing. They got to vote on it again at halftime. They still said to keep playing. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're all anxiously awaiting more news on Keontae. It just, just anything at this point because it's been pretty much the same update for pretty much right at 24 hours now that he's in critical yet stable condition. At least his family's in Florida, or his family's in Tallahassee there with him. Mike White stayed behind, and I think their associate athletic director stayed behind as well. Um, just a really tough scene. Uh, everyone's pulling for him. Just seeing the support from all over, not just Florida, but the nation's been it's, been, it's been good to see for him. Yeah, it was really, really tough. I came out of, I was taking a shower and came back in and saw that we were going into double timeouts. I was wondering what was going on. Was something going on with the time clock? They were trying to fix it. And then, you know, it just, it's on Mike White probably for the most of the time on ESPN. And I'm just wishing the best to him. And I know it's tough. I'm glad Florida was able to fly out his family, his entire family from Virginia to get here in Tallahassee. And hopefully we're all here in Tallahassee. And like you said, nationwide pulling for him to make a recovery and Hopefully nothing's too um, serious. And uh, I, I, obviously a very extremely talented basketball player too. And yeah. it, was, it was a good he's SEC preseason player of the year. was averaging 19 points a game so far to start the season. The, the first thing that came to mind was the Michael Ojo situation from the summer because Keontae, like many of his teammates, had COVID about a month ago or during the summer or at some point. And that's what had happened to Ojo was he had COVID a few weeks later, passed away because of a heart attack. The good thing about Florida is they do test for these conditions before they're allowed to return to play. So you would think they weren't negligent and overlooked something. So, you know, hopefully it's not that, but we've yet to hear anything. Um, who knows? Ho hopefully we'll hear something good soon. Well, certainly. I've fingers crossed, praying and everything, definitely. All of us and FSU fans are. Uh, but looking into the uh, rest of the game here, Florida State wins 83-71. to 71. Uh, Started off pretty 
Florida was taking a lead early on Austin. Uh, but once again, it seems like the talent and the experience on Florida State side was able to take down the Gators with ease there in the second half. The first 10 to 12 minutes were rough for Florida State. You know, they were not getting into their offense. They were, they couldn't get inside. They were losing the ball before they could do anything. They only had, I think, 14 points through 11 minutes. They just couldn't hit shots, and Florida was getting out in transition before we could match up on defense. Then we started hitting a couple shots. Before you know it, you take the lead on a weird Wyatt Wilkes baseline jumper that kind of came out of nowhere. And then from there, Florida State just ran away with it. They were hitting threes. They were forcing turnovers, getting out in transition themselves. Um, obviously, the huge dunks from Scotty Barnes on both ends, the MJ Walker dunk at the end of the game. Once you got past those first 10 to 12 minutes, Florida State was just playing with more energy, playing with more – just just playing harder. It, obviously, Florida was going through a lot, and it's hard to criticize their play. Um, but Florida State just really went out and attacked the basket and when those looks went there, they were kicking out for open threes. They were 50% on three-point attempts. They were getting to the line a ton. They shot 30 free throws in this game, which is something I kind of expected because Florida's a little bit undisciplined on defense. And they ended up shooting 76% from the line, which is something we hadn't seen so far earlier. Forced Florida into 20 turnovers. They did everything they needed to win in this game. Anthony Polite was huge with 14 points. Scotty Barnes had 17 points. Uh, MJ Walker had 17 points. It was, it was a really great game for Florida State once you got past those first few minutes. I think it's so interesting, too, watching um, MJ Walker, too, during these games. Man, he's leading uh, the team. And I, mean, I keep on thinking throughout his career, it feels like he gets hot during the second half of the season. But I, it's been fun watching him because we've kind of been wondering who's going to take that Trent Forrest role, not only as a leader, but also on the court making buckets. But I've been very impressed in MJ Walker, and I'm glad to see things are going well for him in his senior year. And it wasn't even, you know, from field goal. He was 12 of 12 from the free throw line. He was just attacking the basket and getting into the free throw line, which, you know, they need. Mm. The, the, the beginning of the game, he was sloppy. He was really bad, had some really bad turnovers. Really bad turnovers. He was taking bad shots. But he started to settle down, started getting the free throw line, started playing harder on defense, and that led to him getting some opportunities on opportunities on offense. <clears throat> um, well, I heard that voice crack. You're not just going to get away with it. Yeah. I'm, man, I'm trying. I'm it's been the last here. couple of weeks you've been getting hit yeah. harder. It's tough. It's <laughs> tough out here. You're starting to grow up a little bit. <laughs> in front of our eyes. You're growing up in front of our eyes. Look at this. I know. It's, <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's just the weather, right? It's just the North Carolina weather. Yeah. That, that, just... I'm, I'm blaming on that. Dude, can we just get to it a little bit here? I mean, it seems like things are starting to heat up for Scotty Barnes. It seems like he's feeling a lot more comfortable and it's just getting better each week. But yeah, the confidence in him is just getting nice, man. And God dang, it's fun to watch. If you read my game preview, the one thing I talked about was Barnes getting downhill and attacking ball screens. And he was doing that to the fullest extent in Saturday's game. I mean, just attacking downhill. He's bigger, stronger, faster than anyone guarding him. For, and for someone that's 6'9", that's scary for defenses. He was just blowing by Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann pretty much whenever he wanted. It got to the point where towards the end of the game, Florida was trapping him out of the ball screen. So just to get the ball out of his hands, um, he's keeps t he keeps growing every single game. And you love to see it. He's at the perfect situation for him and his development. You know, having Coach Ham, Coach CY, Coach Jones, Coach Smith, guys that can really develop talent 
and really show him on film, hey, this is what you need to do better here. You know, he's getting better every single game. That, the next thing is getting his free throws better. He's been bad to start the season. He was two of six yesterday. But he was the only one that was bad from the free throw line, really. Um, if he can get that under control, you know, you don't you have more faith in him in the end of the games because he's going to be playing in late-game situations and in clutch situations come conference play. Yeah, how scary is that that once Scotty Barnes is full force, confidence is ready to roll, how scary is that later on in the season, having a point guard like that? That's got to be frightening for the ACC. <laughs> when you're going against Virginia Tech, that their entire starting lineup is basically 6'6 six, six and under. <laughs> they, like, they have to just be shaken Shaking in their boots. Shaking in Blacksburg. And then the same thing with Miami. They have a five, six point guard. Like, yeah. What are they going to do against Scotty Barnes? <laughs> Unfair. Yeah. No, these, those dunks, those, the, the poster situation, man, I don't know if there's enough poster print material here in Tallahassee for that to be shipped out anywhere, but and those are disgusting. I love watching him too. He's definitely has, that was funny. I was talking to my dad about it. It's a great comparison. It really is like a young, like if we're thinking two different sports, it's like a young Jameis Winston in the way they act. I mean, they make plays and they're just so goofy about it. They're dancing around, they're having a good time. And he's not, I just like it. He just kind of goes in his little stages of being quiet and out of nowhere. He's over here dancing, having a good time. Yeah. Uh, and just looking foolish, but hilarious. I love it. And the, the crazy thing about his dunks were those weren't even the best dunks of the game. Mm-hmm. MJ Walker's Walker's was disgusting. Murder. He does that Omar Payne. And that happens every I feel bad for MJ Walker because that happened against Louisville. And I thought MJ Walker's and Louisville, obviously, Trent Forrest, but he also had a nasty dunk. Yeah, he had a good, I mean, this time he got his shine. I mean, he just killed Omar Payne <laughs> and then just stepped over him after. That was oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen, and I love it. It was That's, awesome. Yeah, I wanna uh I wanna put the I have the photo of uh of him walking over i wonder if i can just play the video on here let me see oops i'm trying to find the picture that i had of uh find the picture i had of oh here we go it's hard to tell because the focus was out of it but just walks just walks over him absolutely disgusting mean disrespectful uh whatever all, you call all the it. things you love to see in a rivalry I mean, obviously, this is a really emotional game mm-hmm. for more reasons than just a rivalry. Um, but, I mean, that's something you want to see. You want to see a team play with its heart on the line. And Florida yeah. State did that for most of the game. Yeah. No, it, it's fun, and it seems like uh, Florida State comes – you know, Florida was having a nice start, but were able to bounce back and, and, and actually – have a like a nice comfortable win over Florida and that just seems to be the case though between Leonard Hamilton and Mike and, White and with it being the seventh straight win over Florida it ties the longest winning streak in this rivalry for either team um, wow. so now you're going to next season where Florida's gonna Florida's gonna lose a lot of talent this offseason whereas Florida State's got the best recruiting class in the nation coming in next year it's, it's just gonna <laughs> keep going yeah it's just the change is gonna keep choo 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 chewing along Florida State faces Georgia Tech on Tuesday night at 8.30, and then they'll go on to play UCF and Clemson for the remainder of the month. And then and the big one will be Duke after that. Yeah. To well, start the maybe. year. If Duke basketball plays anything like their football team. <laughs> or if uh, – I don't know if Coach K really wants to face Florida State because it seems like he's just one to opt out of the harder games. 
or yeah. he just wants to opt out of a tough situation. And the the Georgia Tech game on Tuesday, um, it's going to be a weird game. Georgia Tech's had one of the weirdest starts to a season I think I've ever seen. They lose at home in quadruple overtime to Georgia State, then turn around two days later and lose at home to Mercer. But then this past week, they've beaten Kentucky and Nebraska, which granted, Kentucky and Nebraska suck, but they're not Georgia State and Mercer bad. So it, it's been a really weird first few games for Georgia Tech. They run a really weird defense that Florida State's going to have to hit some outside shots to be to be to have a chance to win this game. Um, I'll get into more of my game preview article coming out probably Tuesday morning because it's, it's a weird defense. Um, it's it's going to be a low-scoring game probably, but um, like Florida, Georgia Tech doesn't have a lot of depth. And by the end of the game, I wouldn't be surprised if Florida State just wears them down. Florida State, adding on to the fun weekend that they've had on the football side of things, is able to get out a win on Duke, 56-35. Knowles advanced to 3-6 and six on the season. Blue Devils, 2-9. and nine. And man, oh, man, Florida State puts up some points here. Is it because of uh, Red Lightning being a ball boy this or for the remainder or this home game? Maybe. That might have been the effect. Red Lightning was spotted. I saw him during the game over there just doing a fantastic job, Austin. But uh, on the other side of things, at least on the football, football field, Florida State is able to take care of business against Duke. They allowed – uh, the Blue Devils to score 14 points in the second quarter and then also in the fourth quarter. But Florida State was able to keep a nice lead on the Blue Devils. And uh, these last two games are going to start off 1-0. and The the second quarter got a little out of hand because, you know, Florida State jumped out to 28 nothing lead. We go, oh, God, this, this might get ugly fast. And the next thing you know, it's 28-21 heading to the locker room at halftime. Um, credits on Ravel for getting these guys settled back down and focused. Um, I mean, by the fourth quarter, they were up. 28 again, so it wasn't as big of a concern. Um, There's a lot of guys that were playing with a lot of effort, something we haven't seen most of the season. Um, we were running hard with Tofili and Corbin. Receivers were doing their best to make some plays. Jordan Travis made some big plays. The defense was good to see. Hamza and Nasruddin back out there. Got a pick. That was big to see. Brennan Gant had a nice pick. Um, it was just nice to see some effort. It was really nice to see some effort after a month off. Yeah, no, I thought most impressively to me, the running backs, man, running hard. I thought they've had a fantastic game. Obviously, true freshman to a Philly having the big one after his 73-yard touchdown run. But he goes for seven carries, 117 yards. And then Deshaun Corbin goes for 16 carries and 72 yards. But most of those, man, were tough runs. Uh, Deshaun Corbin also having three touchdowns on the game. I mean, the running backs really had a phenomenal game. And they really are uh, – the future is bright back there, most certainly. They're still quite young. Definitely looking at Lawrence Toa Philly. There's such a bright future ahead. He was had seven carries. He, was at, he averaged 16.7 yards a carry as a true freshman. I thought the running game blocking, um, not right on the inside, but a little bit outside of it was great. Uh, I think the offensive line – they're a pretty solid game also. Like you said, Jordan Travis, he goes 192 yards, two touchdowns, QBR of 95.1. He had one interception too. Uh, but I thought the offense uh, moved pretty smoothly. But still, I mean, you look at Tashawn Ward, dude. I mean, a walk-on running back. We've heard great things about him during camps and 
just during practices, he has talent. And I think Treshawn Ward, we got to have a little bit of a, had a little sneak peek of him against Arizona State during that Sun Bowl. Uh, but Sean Ward, talented. I think they just have a really talented backfield, and Mike Norvell knows how to get running backs cooking. I agree. And you get – and, you know, you, you have one game left, but looking at the next season, you get these guys in another Josh Storm's weight program for another offseason, going to come back bigger, stronger, faster next year. This is yeah. going to be scarier for them. Um, Dante Lucas did a good job of opening up some holes there in the game, especially on that Toa Philly long run. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby on two, yeah. Yeah, and to see – I mean, a few weeks ago we were saying, you know, Dante may not be coming back at all. And to see him come back with a big performance like he did was nice. Um, hopefully the offensive line can bulk up for next year too. Because, I mean, there's there's definitely some talent in that backfield. I know we've talked about it all ad nauseum already, but there's a ton of talent in that backfield. Yeah, there there really is. And I think, you know, definitely – whenever you're Jordan Travis is fully healthy and ready to go and he's got his full steam ahead with his health and is able to run, it changed, it helps that offensive line a ton. And we saw that and we knew that Jordan Travis was going to have a decent day, definitely on the ground. Uh, and also, man, talk about, I mean, his, his pass, his deep ball, I believe it was Ontario Wilson, I believe, I think. I think so. Yeah. I believe it was Ontario Wilson. It was 39 yards. Maybe it was, yeah, I think it was Wilson. I might be going crazy here, but he had a great deep ball uh, that was beautiful, right on the money. And that's something I wish for. I tweeted about. It. I wish Florida State and Norvell would do that more. Man, take those shots for the majority of the game. I was surprised, man. I don't know what Dillingham was really seeing up there and Mike, but for the most part, when I was seeing, they were given Florida State one on ones all day long, and there was multiple times where you'd see Ontario Wilson and also. Uh, Ja'Kai Douglas be one-on-one with people and give give them a chance. Take the take the deep shots because they worked twice last night for Florida State and, and was was and Jordan Travis was putting some nice balls on them deep. I'm trying to think defensively. Obviously, Hampson Nazardine comes away with an interception. He leads the team. Well, here we go again. Hampson leads the team in tackles, nine tackles, one TFL. Um, Sydney Williams seems like there's some promise there for him, a bright future ahead at safety there. I'm trying to see anything more impressive. Obviously, Gant gets an interception. Great interception, man. Yeah. That was impressive. Great focus. Mm-hmm. And he Absolutely. had a hard hit, too, on their quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> flew down the field and just <laughs> popped him right in the shoulder. Yeah, didn't see him again for the rest of the game at all. Uh, I, I still have a problem, though, with – I think we talked about on the podcast is Adam Fuller going to last if if you Duke if you're about 30. thirty five to Duke you're going almost forty yeah he should he should have stayed in the locker room at <laughs> halftime <laughs> that and to, and to a backup quarterback I mean yeah. Duke's quarterback was already terrible but a backup quarterback uh, terrible terrible oh. uh, that's got to be changed I don't know what the situation there is I tried looking at Mike Norvell during these plays where Duke was just scoring on him and I didn't see a lot of conversation between him and Adam Fuller so that's really ridiculous I mean this is Florida State Duke I don't even remember Duke putting up 20 points against Florida State I can't like remember a time I don't know when it was what year but 35 35 points Duke 35 the last game against these two teams wasn't it like 20 to 17 just a different game yeah they're just usually Usually it's either a low scoring one or Florida State's routing them by 30, 40 points. Um, 
But yeah, allowing Duke to score 35, that's a problem. Florida State, Mike Norvell, they're able to put up 56 points. Awesome. That's fantastic. Offense was working, and the defense also made some plays. But still, you're allowing Duke to go down the field like that? Unacceptable. Yeah, and that's not how it works here in Tallahassee. I, I get they've got a good tight end, but when that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, Briggs, I think. I was wondering who number six was. I was like, oh, my God. Jaden Lars would be really put on some pounds. But uh, love it. Or uh, Briggs takes the number six uniform number from Jaden Lars would be. And he goes in there. I think, he, I think Briggs has played very well, too, after not playing at all for the majority of the season. Coming in, he gets in there. And he comes in shape, ready to play, and a lot of snaps. Uh, hat tip to Briggs for coming in and really helping out this defensive line because you lose Durden, you lose Marvin Wilson for the remainder of the season. Uh, I'm excited to see Briggs next season. I was hearing some really good things about him during this offseason before he decided to opt out due to family stuff and taking care of his family. I'm really excited to watch Briggs next season. I think there's some promise there in that defensive line because of yeah. him. And once Fabio Lovett went down, you basically just had three defensive tackles. Practically, yeah, they're so very they, they thin. Had, they had to, they had to play well, and for the most part, they did. Mm -hmm. And also, we know Lovett is down most cert, most likely in concussion protocol. I doubt that we'll see him for the remainder of the season. So you look at now, True Thompson, Briggs, uh, I Coop. was Coop. Yep, you have Coop there. Uh, you look at also McLendon too to jump in there, which he has had some spurts during this season. So. They're going to need it. They're going to need maybe, a lot of defensive help against Wake Forest. Maybe Fuller, too. Yeah, maybe Fuller moves on the inside a little bit, too, which would be – I give it to him. He wants he probably wants more playing time. Because we basically uh, only saw him in the fourth quarter when yeah. we were up 30. Mm -hmm. You want to see him more in there. Um, it'll be an interesting defensive line unit heading into a Wake Forest team that likes to put on a lot of points. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think what else happened in this game. It's hard doing this. The day after now, I'm like, I'm not forgetting everything, but I'm forgetting some of these things in here. Uh, I'm going to play by play. But yeah, I, I like I said, to me, that highlight running backs, great yeah, game by sure. them. I mean, just the running game in general, just throw Jordan Travis in there as well. Just a great mm -hmm. overall performance from the entire running game. Yeah. And I shout out to Corbin, man. I think with Webb being out, sitting out there on the sideline, opting out signed the opt-out for the rest of the season. Shout-out to Corbin, man. Um, really, and Philly, but really Corbin. He played hard, hard to tackle. Really, really impressive to me, honestly. And like, like we said, this, this running back unit has a chance to be a really fun one to watch and a, and a powerhouse heading into next season if Webb indeed intends on staying and you're able to still keep Jordan Travis around to mix up packages with him and you have Milton. It's, things can get fun. I, I'm, I'm excited about Florida. I'm excited. I'm, I wish we'd seen more of Tofilly throughout the season. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, no, I think he was battling little, some minor injuries here and there throughout the season. He's still a little young buck, a little thin thing, baby nine, like Los likes to call him. And I think that was a situation there because whenever he was in there, you've got spurts of, man, he's got it's some really good, good vision player. for a young yeah. cat, you know? Uh, so I, I definitely want to see a little bit more to Philly for us. He was a little tired too after today or yesterday's game. You could tell him trotting off the field after going down the, uh, with an impressive drive by him. But Jordan Travis near the, I think it was third or fourth quarter 
um, solid game from baby nine. So a lot of positives to take away from this game. Defensively, though, 35 points is just not going to cut it. And It's embarrassing. Yeah, Wake's going to put up 50 on us next week. Yeah, if Duke's going to score that much with the backup quarterback for a majority of the game, I don't know. I don't know about that one, Captain. I don't know. So we'll keep an eye out. Saying that this is a good time to be in the Discord if you aren't. Uh, any uh, Anything else before we end this instant reaction to like three things? Uh, shout out Marco Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Marco Wilson, man. Awesome game last night. I didn't know. Like I was like, I fell asleep and then I woke up and I'm like, oh, we're three minutes left. Sign me up. Here we go. Marco Wilson of the University of Florida. <laughs> University. <laughs> Shout out. What a to what a weird game. What a just uh, incredibly weird game. It was it was it was heading down the water and then the fog just sits in the fourth quarter and like, what are they gonna do the rest of the quarter? Because both of these teams, especially Florida, is really pass heavy. Uh-huh. With Kyle Trask, you're like, what? What are they gonna do? It was just the bizarrest fourth quarter. Shout out Max Johnson, the son of Florida State legend Brad. Yeah, just a weird, weird game that I loved every second of. Oh, it was uh, like the cherry on top of the day. It was the cherry <laughs> on top of maybe what we thought would going to be the weekend. It ends up the weekend's not over. You get Milton, but what a because you already had UNC putting up. NCAA 14 numbers on Miami. Shout out to Sam Howell. 700 total yards. We could say shout out to Sam Howell because Florida State yeah. beat them. You know, number yeah. five team in the country at the time. Shout out to Sam Howell. It'll be nice to him. Shout, shout yeah. him out, baby. Then you had Miami lose to Florida Gulf Coast in basketball. What, just what a, what a weekend. How are your Vikings doing right now? I don't want to talk about it. No. That's I'd rather not have, a good thing. Basically, I'd rather have Ricky Aguayo kicking left-footed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I was watching that earlier before this Milton thing happened. Yeah. Uh, but he's, cost, yeah. He, he's cost us 14 points and we're down 12. So think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, I think this podcast is actually brought to you and sponsored by Marco Wilson. I think he actually reached out and he's sponsoring this. Great guy. Really, really nice guy. Auburn fires their head coach, Gus Malzahn. A few names to be on the lookout for from Twitter. It seems like rumors of Mario Cristobal from Oregon. I don't – not like really entirely sold on Mario Cristobal. I was last season. This year I'm not. Maybe it's just a Pac-12 thing. Also, maybe uh, – I think were people saying freeze? I'm trying to – I lost the tweet here. Freeze, Kiffin – uh, I don't know. That just shakes up a lot of the Auburn. Uh, just shakes up Auburn recruits, Auburn players, and Kenny Dillingham was their offensive coordinator. So it'll be uh, interesting offseason to see if Kenny Dillingham is able to strip some of away uh, from the Tigers and bring him to Tallahassee. This, this was this would be the best part where you could have Nate on. He just write off some names for us real quick. I know this is where he's got all the names imaginable of recruits, even guys that are there. At Auburn, he's the name guy. Uh, but by the time we do the main podcast, like some more information will come out on guys that are thinking about flipping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it's for the best. Yeah, well, he's probably at work today. I think Sundays are pretty busy there at his restaurant. But make sure in the Discord, I'm sure he's, he'll be answering some questions or he might do a back cave later this evening. Who knows? But make sure you guys jump into the Discord. You guys can join that. Uh, you can just simply DM us or tweet us. If you'd like to join, we'll send you a link. Also, if you want to join our Patreon, that is – and it 
connects with our discord to receive insider news like the news about milton you guys would have known about about a week ago practically uh, you guys can join that at patreon.com slash game day join that and uh, you can join the awesome community there of over 1300 discord members uh but i think I think this uh, practically does it here. Austin, great, great weekend. As we said, obviously to the Keontae, to Johnson, to him, his family, coaches, teammates, friends, family, everybody. We're going to be thinking about him. Uh, our thoughts and prayers uh, go to him and his family. For sure. We're, Thank you. We're keeping updates on him. Just looking out. Really hoping we hear something good from that camp soon hopefully most certainly guys have a great weekend go Steelers enjoy the rest of the weekend and we will talk to you guys on Thursday night to preview Florida State versus Wake Forest and recap some basketball see you guys